Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Welcome to the Your Hair Mentor Podcast, the podcast where we explore all things hair and beauty. I'm your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green, and I'm here to guide you through the ever-changing landscape of the beauty industry. Are you a hairstylist looking to stay ahead of the game? Or perhaps you're a hair enthusiast wanting to up your hair game? Well, you've come to the right place, my friend. As an expert hairstylist with over 20 years behind the chair, I've seen it all. From the latest trends to timeless classics, I'm here to bring you insider knowledge that will keep you ahead of the curve. But don't worry, I'm not just here to preach about the latest hair fads. I'm funny, I think, lighthearted, and not afraid to tell it like it is. Whether it's calling out industry myths or sharing hard truths about the realities of the beauty industry, I'll bring you the unfiltered truth. We're sharing the tea, people. So sit back, relax, and get ready to elevate your hair game to the next level. The Your Hair Mentor podcast is for all hair enthusiasts and beauty lovers out there. Let's get started. Well, hey there, stranger. Welcome back for another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I'm your host and hair mentor, Crystal Green. Now, in this week's episode, I get to interview the lovely, the vivacious, the fantastic Maddie Cook, better known as Boss Your Salon. I feel like I have to say that with a little attitude. Boss Your Salon, girl. Um, On Instagram and anywhere else you can find her, she's under the name Boss Your Salon. And her shtick is pricing. She is like the pricing guru and she does so in a way that's not like, girl, you got to do it this way. She's like, let's help uncover 
like your limiting beliefs and the factors that make you feel like you can't charge what you want to charge. Um, so it's a great conversation, but I'm going to have to give you a little caveat with this one and say, I apologize for the not so great audio quality. Um, we had a little internet snafu. You see Maddie was in Portugal on vacation, um, or holiday as she would say it. And she was so kind as to carve out some time for me in that, um, time. And so the internet was a little dodgy here and there. Um, but I think it's still a great interview and still worth a listen. So, um, as I apologize for the not so great audio, I am just going to let you know that you will love the content. So it's going to make up for the not so great audio. So anyway, I will let Maddie speak for herself and we will get into the conversation that you're going to love. All right, friend. So, uh, Maddie, I, I don't know a lot about you, but, um, I know a little, and so I know you're in Portugal right now. Is that right? At the minute, yeah, I am this week. We come okay. here quite often. Yeah, we come here like twice a year. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So are yeah. you vacationing then? or? Yeah, so I'm here at, at the moment. I come here with my um, my husband and his dad. So he's had like a timeshare, which I kind of think is a thing in the States, maybe more than it is here. But um, he's had two for like years, like literally since like the 70s. So he just comes to his holiday place like every you know twice a year so we've been here a bunch which makes it feel a bit less like vacation like it's just a very nice place to do work and get caught up and and read and stuff like that but yeah we travel a lot we're we're really lucky to be able to travel fairly often that's wonderful yeah yeah how warm is it there right now um I can only do celsius I can't do your temperature (laughs) but it's like um it's like 29 degrees so like I was in LA for February but it snowed and everyone absolutely lost their minds. People were literally screaming. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, we were, we were in a shop and it, it started to like snow a bit outside and people like ran up to the window. They were like filming it. Yeah. Everyone lost the ability to drive. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, we have this at home all the time. Um, it's much warmer than that. Like comparatively, it's, it's, it's really nice. It's probably, I don't know, maybe like, 80 degrees over there I'm not really sure what they're I'm not either is, I'm like math is not hot. my strong suit yeah oh that sounds not awesome this, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's nice where I live it's been snowing a ton we've had a very long winter oh, really? and now it's yeah. finally spring weather and I'm like oh I feel like a lizard I'm just out in I the sun soaking wait. it up yeah it's wonderful <laughs> so good where are you where are you I'm in uh, Reno Nevada oh nice yeah we were just in Vegas okay in, in October yeah so I'm like eight hours north of there if you were to drive. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is such a British thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was like down the road and yeah, in the States, it's like... Everyone yeah, does that, though, too. Yeah, Nevada's funny. There's only really two like large towns or cities in yeah. Nevada. It's Vegas and Reno. And Reno is yeah, like yeah. the little sister to Vegas. And then other than that, yeah. it's a very unpopulated state. So there's not a whole lot in between. Yeah, that's all people yeah. that go. They're either going to chill or they're going to go and lose all of their money and yeah, <laughs> drink exactly. <a> yeah. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Maddie, I'm, I'm excited that you wanted to talk to me today. I don't know if you follow me on social media. Did you see the um, the reel I made the other day about pricing? 
No, tell me all about okay, it. Okay, so I have street. this, um, it's right up, right up your alley. I have yeah. this kind of like alter ego that um, I've been having fun mm-hmm. with lately. And um, she embodies, I feel like, all of the bad advice that's out there. Yes, I love that. Right? And um, so her advice on pricing, her name is Cristal, by the way. Cristal with an accent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, she advises hairstylists to just charge as much as possible, and if their clients can't pay it, fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> right. Screw them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so I was like, well, this is perfect because I just posted this um, the other day, and so to bring someone on that specializes in pricing is like very. Um, I didn't even plan it this way, but it just worked out very nicely. So, um, so tell me your theory mm-hmm. that is probably the opposite of. Cristal's theory um, about hairstylists and how they should price themselves because this is something that a lot of people are talking about now and there's a lot of bad advice out there and there's uh there's some uh, altering advice too so I want to know what you think. I I would say I'm I wouldn't say I'm the opposite because I think the opposite from Cristal's would be like charge the lowest price that you can possibly charge right so I'd say I'm like (laughs) which is also bad advice I would say that I'm like in the medium, I'd probably say I'm medium slightly towards Christelle, but but there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of like other stuff at, at play. So my theory, my overarching theory with pricing is that like 10% of it is the numbers, 90% of it is your own mindset, your own bullshit, your own limiting beliefs, society, family, all of this stuff that really holds you back. Mm-hmm. If it was If it was just the numbers, everyone's price would be fine. Right. It's to get people to the point to even consider their numbers. My never ending battle, which I do very, I, I love to do it because it's, you know, I really care about the industry is to just change people's mind to just be like, why do we believe this? Like, what do I have to tell you before you'll believe me that it will be okay to, you know, just to charge more or that all your clients won't leave, that you can do it in a particular location that people won't think you're a dick or that you're greedy or just to let people believe that they deserve to make money. Like it's, it's, it's so bizarre. I think it's possibly worse in the UK, but I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I feel like in the States, there's a bigger disparity between the people who charge a lot and the people who don't charge very much. Yes, I would agree. Or is it? Yeah. Whereas for me back home, the majority of people just don't charge enough. So Mm. I find that interesting as well, looking at like different areas and, and their like approach to this but yeah my theory is we deserve to respect ourselves and have that reflected in our price but so much of it comes from the psychology and and the beliefs that we have and a massive amount comes from value articulation which I know that you're big on I've seen that you do posts about this and learning how to communicate the and, and get a client so they perceive the correct level of value like as it relates to them I think that's massive and when you can really nail those kind of three things like the numbers the value articulation the the mindset you're golden like life will become much easier mm-hmm. interesting yeah so in the United States here um I think at least the people in my circle and um my exposure to people in the industry seems like there's been a push in the last five years or so for brand new hairstylists to come out of beauty school and immediately be charging the highest luxury end prices 
there are definitely still a lot of stylists that are not charging enough for their services and they're Mm -hmm. you know working 14 hour days and barely making ends meet but it seems like there's more people Mm -hmm. that are almost overcharging in a way and then uh not providing interesting words let's talk about that (laughs) yeah well okay so yeah uh they end up they end up with unhappy clients that are they're like a revolving door they can't seem to keep a clientele because Mm -hmm. i don't think in my opinion they are offering the the value of what they're charging for Mm-hmm. And so a lot of clients I've spoken to, I've kind of positioned myself in an interesting way that I've been like a liaison yeah. for clients to come to me and talk to me about their problems. And I've helped coach them even to find a hairstylist or talk to their hairstylist. That's and cool. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. It's kind of where this whole idea of like your hair mentor started. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like more often than not, clients are disappointed because they're like, I'm happy to pay to get mm-hmm. good hair. But a lot of the times I'm paying and I'm getting the the hair that seems like it isn't worth that. And so, gotcha. so they're, they're not getting the value either because the person's maybe over promising and under delivering, perhaps, yes. or maybe there's a communication thing or maybe there's something around unrealistic expectations. I think this, this might be the same in the States, but in the UK, we're terrible for like people pleasing and being very mindful of like other people's reactions. And we're so terrified of pissing someone off, upsetting someone, hurting someone's feelings. So we won't have clear conversations. We won't, you know, do anything that we perceive to be like, we're very like conflict avoidant. Yes. Whereas when, when I was behind the chair, if someone showed me something, I'd be like, fuck no, like, no, I'm not doing it. It's not going to work. Yeah, it will look horrible. You you won't maintain it. Like let's let's work on something that's going to be right. like make a bit more sense. Um, weirdly, that did really well for me for business because it, it it really accelerated trust. People were like, people love it. They love to hear no. Yes, yes. <laughs> or like yeah, or like not yet or no, but instead let's try this. And I I wonder if that's the challenge with these people who are kind of new who they're coming from this scarcity place of I want to take all the clients I want to say yes to everyone that maybe they are overestimating what they're capable of or saying yes I can do this or maybe stretching the expectations I wonder if it's a little bit of that I'd be interested to like hear the perception from the other side as well from the client's perspective yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I think that's what's happening. And um, I am actually scheduled to go speak to a bunch of beauty colleges um, locally oh, cool. because like, I want to ask these students, like, mm-hmm. where where do you see yourself after you graduate and how do you expect your business to go? And I want to know, like, are they coming into the industry just assuming that they need to charge top mm-hmm. dollar in order yeah. to survive? Or do they think that that's what they're supposed to do? Yeah. Um, I think there personally, there should be kind of a natural progression as you gain knowledge and expertise. And then, you know, you build your clientele and you realize like, wow, I'm, I'm worth more. I need mm-hmm. to, you know, charge accordingly. And then I'm providing mm-hmm. that value of that service. I've learned communication skills, I've yeah. learned hair <laughs> skills and all the things. So I guess I'm just kind of, um, I'm curious what yeah. is happening. Um, yeah, I think yeah. for me, it would be, it would be about getting that point right my my concern is that people lowball so I, I hear what you're saying that there's people who are kind of going a bit high but yeah. my concern would be that people would then people tend to act like a pendulum they're like well if I'm not here on the polar opposite 
which I, I don't want. I don't want people coming out of school charging nothing. That's what I did, and it was it was so harmful and detrimental to my business. I also made a post about this the other week. Um, for me, it attracted two types of clients, like someone really very on a on a on a budget who was really price sensitive, like a really nice person, but like they will leave the second the price goes up by like a penny. And they're also, you know, looking out for other deals and offers and all they're hopping around, which is really hard. There's nothing worse than doing someone's hair when they've been to like five other people and then they go and come back and go away and come back. It sucks. And the other type of person for me that it attracted was just not a nice person. Like, and I, I kind of always believe that like res respect's like a mirror, like people reflect back at you the level of respect that you have and in business respect looks like charging properly, having policies, upholding policies, um, respecting your time, respecting your expertise, um, all of that kind of stuff. And and when I wasn't doing that by charging very little, not taking deposits, not charging people, you know, for for being late or working crazy hours, that was almost like a magnet for really disrespectful people. So I found that very hard. And that was a revolving door, like you say, because I just wasn't keeping people. They were not loyal people. They were looking around and, and also causing a lot of like psychological distress as these people do because <laughs> yes. they're kind of assholes. Um, and I then, what I then found was very hard because I felt like I'd sort of established this as my business to then put, putting the prices up after that just felt really hard. So I kind of wish that I'd have come in, you know, not crazy high, but a lot higher and just kind of started off as a, as I meant to go on, but in in the education that, that I do with pricing, so I have a pricing calculator and maths. I, I really love maths because you can't argue with it. Like it's just right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you can you can be pissed about it. Um, you can be maybe sad that you haven't that you you've seen how much you may be undercharging by, but you just can't dispute it. And what I find when people are faced with the correct numbers, the the accurate maths is that that gives them a lot of confidence to be like, well, I have to charge this because if I don't, I don't get to have this many weeks off. I don't get to go on this vacation or I'll have to work 80 hours a week. So it's, it's, it's the, there are so many different pieces to it, isn't it? It's just not as easy as saying, just do the numbers or just do the mindset or just do the value articulation or just do the marketing. Like everything right. has to work together. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. And I feel like it's disappointing they don't teach this in beauty college more too. You yeah, know, uh, I like I understand the reason for the beauty school is just to prepare you to get your license, right? Which is a very mm -hmm. minimal um, requirement. But yeah. I wish, I wish there was more of this because then you get out into the workforce and you just kind of look around mm -hmm. you and go, well, she's charging this much. So I guess I'll yeah. charge that much. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And and I think even if, you know, in the UK, the education system is, is geared up to kind of make you a good employee. It's not really set up to make you a great um, self-employed person or a business person. But I still think if I, when I owned a salon with staff, if one of my staff joined me and said, I completely understand pricing, I completely understand numbers and profit margins and wastage and usage and utilization and all of this, I would be so happy to have that person because that's a challenge even with an employed person to get someone to kind of understand how those things you know make an impact on the business so I think even if people 
don't ever want to be self-employed in their life, they should still know this. Like it's still really helpful for them and also really helpful for their, you know, their potential employer. But yeah, I mean that that would be my dream is to have have this sort of education to be required very, very early stages. Like what a different industry this would be across right. the board. It would be phenomenal, yeah. It would. Okay, so you have hairstylists um, figure out what their expenses are in order to plug it into your pricing calculator, right? Yeah, so expenses, goals, like how they work, future goals, like all, all of the math has to be mathing yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to come up with the, the correct pricing. Yeah, and then, you know, then you can look, you can go deeper into like tiered pricing. So, you know, if you had a salon and someone was more established, like you say, more experienced, whether you want to do hourly pricing, whether you want to do packages, like all of that can sit on top of that. But yeah, the, at, at the fundamental level, mm-hmm. everything that needs to be taken into account is taken into account. Because I think people miss things. And this is what happens when people think, well, I can just do this myself. I can just, you know, do a quick calculation on the back of a napkin. Like if you miss one thing people always do, that grinds my gears is they they base it on a 52 week year and I'm like why are you working for 52 weeks of the year right or they'll they'll just not put a break in but I'm like that means that every day that you take lunch which you should take that's 45 minutes an hour you were just on the back foot and people just think of it or, or they like apply employed logic to it so they'll They'll think, well, if I was employed, this is what I'd want to make. And I'm like, yeah, but if you're employed in, in the UK, you get 5.6 weeks paid holiday. Your employer pays your pension. You get holiday pay, maternity pay, sick pay. It's also like the risk element. Like you, as an employer, you are covered probably better in the UK than you are in the States. But yeah. um, you're not signing any leases. You're not signing on for insurance. You've not had to take a loan out to furnish your salon. So it's like getting people to shift out of this very basic like two-dimensional employed mindset into this actually there's so much more risk associated with being self-employed and everything falls on you and the scary thing about really the model of being a hairdresser is it is it is reliant on your physical wellness Yes. yes i had i had back surgery at 31 i'd only been hairdressing for 12 years like that is a very short lifespan um and it is time for money you know you can only work as as many hours as there are in a day i hope that no one does work that much yeah yeah and as and as long as your body will allow you to do that so thinking as well like so many people i speak to have no provision whatsoever for the future they've got no savings no pension no investments no property like no plan it's it's very much like my head is in the sand i just need to get through this week and that is terrifying like that scares me i think more than anything that mentality yeah i think that's what makes a lot of people leave the career i think they get in absolutely yeah and then they're like what am i doing or they work really hard for like five years and they haven't saved Mm -hmm. anything and they don't have Mm -hmm. any plans for the future and they just go i don't know what this is (laughs) yeah while everyone else who who got a got a job who maybe you know, they, their complaint was, you know, I'm working for the man, I'm doing nine to five, but yeah, they're now retiring and they've bought their home and they have a pension, they have money put away. So it's, yes, you know, 
we have and, to be so mindful of that. And a system to, you know, get raises in and promote and exactly, in yeah. and all that yeah. stuff is not built into what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, and it's funny because in so many ways we mirror the employed mentality, but where it really counts, we we conveniently forget. Yeah. <laughs> exactly like that, you know. What one rule of thumb that I that I swear by is if if you couldn't do it or it would be illegal to to treat um a minimum wage employee like that don't treat yourself like that so for example if um if your suppliers put their prices up imagine going into work if you're employed in a salon and the boss says crystal all of this stock's gonna but we don't want to piss our clients off so i'm just going to reduce your wage because we want to keep the prices right you'd be like fuck that like absolutely yeah. no way um i mean it would be literally illegal i'm pretty certain yeah but, but that is what we so many of us do when we don't pass on increases from you know our our booth rent or our overheads or our stock costs you are literally or, or even inflation which has been crazy you know the last couple of years yeah when when we absorb that we are just giving ourselves pay cut pay cut pay cut yet you are getting better at your job you are becoming right. more experienced at your job it makes absolutely no sense at all mm -hmm. it's true it's so true and mm -hmm. i mean i think a lot of that is because we are naturally like people pleasers and we're mm -hmm. artists and we're like heart-centered and so all yeah. that stuff is just kind of like outside of our daily life as hairstylists yeah. right we don't want to think about it we want to do the pretty stuff yeah. and make the people feel good and that stuff yeah. feels like icky and not sexy exactly that and it's and, and and it's this it's this kind of black and white thinking that i find so harmful because i don't know about you but when i when i started really charging appropriately for the work that i did behind the chair i became more joyful more creative more heart-centered than ever because i wasn't waking up miserable and pissed and resentful yes. as i was when i wasn't charging enough so it's it's yeah it's, it's almost like we believe this you can be one or the other you can be a nice person or you can make money. I yeah. like, no, you can, you can actually probably be a nice, not a nicer person, but money can allow you to do things like volunteer your time, donate, you know, help other people out, start a foundation. Like there are immense things that you can do with money that I would argue will help you be quote unquote nicer. Yeah. Um, having no money doesn't make it, and also you're a dick. Like I was awful when I was like skin and miserable because I was just pissed off all the time. So I wasn't even a nice person to be around. Um, and I'd be snappy and I'd, I'd very quickly blame everyone else. I'd blame the brands. I'd blame the stock companies. I'd blame the location, my go you know, the government, the environment, everything before I was like, maybe the problem's me. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> or at least, you know, Taylor Swift had it right. Oh, yeah. oh, you know, at least just sort of taking some sort of control and thinking, I got myself into this. It sucks, but I can get myself out of it. Like, responsibility and control are like the greatest things that I would dispose, I think, for, for our success. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, you know, they say, yeah. too, that... Um 
you know, there's like things that can be done, can be undone. And I, I wonder if you talk to people about sometimes it takes us years to get ourselves into these situations where you're like, oh, no, what am I doing? And it might take mm-hmm. a while to kind of back step out of it and then find yourself in a happy place. Yeah. And it's not just an overnight like, OK, today I'm going to do all this stuff and change it and it's mm-hmm. going to happen immediately. And that's not yeah, the case, yeah. right? No, it's not be- the case at all. And it, and but really it's it's people's levels of like comfortability like i'm i'm a person who i make decisions really quickly and i i just move really very fast but i'm also really okay with failure like weirdly okay with it because i just see it as you can't you can't have success without failure like that's just a I envy you. The universe. <laughs> I envy. That's a that's a beautiful skill that you have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I got it from because because everyone else is like, no, everything needs to be perfect. Maybe I've just built enough evidence that it works, and and I have real lived experience where I go, do you know what? I fucked up massively ten times, but the eleventh time was solid, and you know that then allowed me to do this, and and I see so many people where the the biggest challenge for them and maybe they don't even see this but the biggest challenge that i see is like inaction procrastination perfectionism like just indecisiveness yeah <laughs> i'm, I'm like, talking hello. to you yes yeah <clears throat> and i feel like i was i'm sure i was chatting about this this week almost all decisions beyond maybe having a child is probably the only one i can really think of pretty much everything else is like reversible as in even if you get married, you can get divorced. If you buy a house, you can sell a house. Like, yeah, some of them are very painful and expensive. But, you know, changing your branding is not a decision that you should spend a year thinking about. Yes. You know, what colour is in your look? And it, and I find that people, maybe it's like a projection, maybe it's a distraction. Maybe people think, well, if I just faff about doing a website rebrand that takes me a year, I don't have to face the fact that my prices are terrible or that you know, there's something else that's really important that I need to do or I need to build my confidence or, I don't know, do some education, whatever. Um, well, yeah, the, 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 way that I, the way that I teach, the first thing I say when I teach people is like, you're just going to hate me. You're going to hate me because I'm going to absolutely kick your ass and I'm going to make you be so specific, not like, I just want to grow. I'm like, tell me how. <laughs> specific, yeah. tell me, tell me, tell me. Because you know it it just doesn't work otherwise like I can be nice I deliver it in a very nice way I'm not shameful you know there are, there are coaches and educators who move people by making them not feel very good I try to yeah. really believe in that it's not my jam um but I will very compassionately and lovingly kick your ass because I think people deserve it yeah. And I, I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, you're trying, Crystal. I see you're trying. I mean, I know, Crystal, let's do something. <laughs> let's <laughs> stop procrastinating. Like, let's take some action. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems to work. And, and people who like it like it. It's not for everyone, but yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like um, you don't value all of your personal value is not centered around you being a hairstylist, right? No. To me, it's, it seems like you're a very confident, person in your own regard you do things in your life that bring you joy and make you happy that are outside of who you are as a hairstylist and it it kind of sounds like that's how you coach people is like you need to find that find your confidence separate from what you're charging absolutely in the salon yeah like when people are like 
you know, my business is my life or my business is my baby. I'm like, oh, that's dangerous. Like, because if you remember the beginning of the pandemic, like we, we were given shutdown orders like April 2020 and we had like a collective identity crisis, myself included, because it was like, who am I if I'm not a stylist? Who am I if I'm not a salon owner? And that was that was hard but i took that as a real lesson like i need to be me <laughs> beyond the work that i do and and all of these other you know identifiers and we can look and it doesn't mean again it's it's not black and white like we don't then become this ball breaker ceo you know <laughs> why guy in a suit <laughs> that haven't made that decision but it's i think it's just important to see ourselves as this like whole person that's really multifaceted there is so much to us that isn't just this because if that disappears that starts to get really scary yeah yeah and then everything gets confusing yeah. and you don't know what you're doing in your business then yeah like i i had this this mindset that when i when i stopped doing hair when i had surgery and the, my coaching was, was busy, so it was kind of good time. But anyway, I was like, oh, my God, no one will want to hire me because I'm not behind the chair. And, like, that's why people hire me. I, it, for the last year and a half, any new people who've worked with me have not even asked me. Like, they don't, they don't even, I don't even think they've asked me whether I ever work behind the chair because <laughs> it's, I couldn't, I could not have and they wouldn't know. Because, because my, it shifted between, it's now shifted the way that I teach from I did this and this worked and this will work for you to I have taught 17,000 other people it worked for them so and, and, I, and I think this I think this a lot with coaching like why would I why would I need to do hair like I would just be doing it to kind of tick the box to be like yeah I'm behind the chair like I, I did have a bunch of time I've owned salons I did the pand- you know did the whole yeah. pandemic and weirdly, I think that I, if I went back and did hair now, I would run my business completely different because of what I've learned in the last two years. So when I teach people now, I'm almost saying like, do some of the stuff I did, but actually there's all this new stuff that I, you know, have learned that I can apply to, you know, behind the chair. Um, yeah, and I think we're just constant, we're constantly learning like, yeah. It's incessant. It does my husband's head in. I'll be stood in like completely random, like a tire shop. And I'll be like, I've just had an idea <laughs> about like how they do something and we could do it like this or like in, in hairdressing. And I think yeah. as long as you don't, as long as you don't lose that, we can learn so much from other industries. I think it's problematic when we just stay really insular and just go, well, this is how we've always done it. Or this yeah. is, you know, this is the done thing. I might know, sod that. Let's, do, it doesn't work like right. we've seen that it doesn't work we need to start looking at new ways of doing things absolutely yeah I find myself thinking about that all the time and um, especially other service-based industries you see mm. when they do stuff and you're like oh that's interesting and I didn't even we question it as it. a customer you know what I mean or whatever yeah yeah I find the whole when you realize like we were in this is why I love coming to the states because I think you guys are the way you run businesses is different and I think you, you're never afraid to like offer an upgrade or ask for the sale or charge people more for you know a different level and I remember we were there and I think we've got this at home now but we were getting a, a delivery let's say like an Uber Eats and they were like do you want it at a normal time or do you want it faster and I was like who would ever pay for this until every takeout we got was 
not that hot because they'd had five other deliveries. So I was like, let's just pay the two ninety nine, and it was delicious. It it like did the whole meal justice. I was like, this is now worthwhile because it was expensive for in LA, and I was like, that's the best two ninety nine I've spent. <laughs> <laughs> because it completely changed the whole meal I got it you know and, and I'm a big like convenience person like I will absolutely pay more money for convenience you know I'm busy yeah. I don't want to sit and wait for stuff and that was a big lesson it's like okay how can we take that and make put that into hair businesses and even stuff like changing the perception of if the service is shorter it should be cheaper well what about if it's shorter it's more expensive because it's then an express version because actually people pay more money to have a service done in a faster time. Right. So just like, yeah, just stuff like that. And, and, and just kind of challenging the, the norm, I guess the status quo of the ideas. But I think we get that from really, you know, being lucky enough to travel or to experience other businesses and always thinking as the buyer, what did I like about this? What did I not like about this? How can I learn from this? Maybe my clients are the same. How are they different? Mm-hmm. rather than just assuming like okay I know what I'm doing it's this way forever and ever like that's yeah. not a great way <laughs> to grow right. business no it's not at all yeah you know uh, I actually recently stopped working behind the chair like a month ago <laughs> Congrats. which is thank you it, it had kind of been like dwindling down but I still had those like few clients that I would yeah. see that um you know I just was I was not um married to them but i was married to the idea of like holding on to that piece of me that worked behind the chair yeah it's the identity of like i still work behind the chair so well done right. I, I know it's hard to lose that or to, to let go of that yeah it is but i've i've seen in the last month it's just been a very quick um amount of time but i've already seen the transition in my mind and how i'm thinking as a coach and an entrepreneur with all of these different things too yeah where i recognize like oh that's something i could talk about with my students oh that's mm-hmm. something i could do and i wouldn't have had that same thought and opportunity had yeah. i been focused on something completely different right i love um, that yeah it's really fascinating because I, I hadn't really thought about this at all until I'm hearing you yeah. talking about this. I'm like, oh God, that yeah. is me. <laughs> well, when I, when I stopped and I had, you know, I had, I, I did the same where I kind of tapered off and if anyone left, I didn't fill the space. But you do end up with like a core group of people who, no matter how much you put your price up, no matter how far you move away, like they will just keep coming. So the back surgery was great in a way because I was like, guys, I'm not coming back. Like I'm having surgery. So sorry. I'm I'm off the hook. It only took a removal of my spinal cord. Um, But anyway, and, and my husband was like, well, you know, why don't you just keep a handful of them? Because, you know, it's like super easy money. You love them. You love what you do. But I was like, it's the bandwidth that I felt like I had to put my hairdresser hat on. Even if I, even if I had three clients, I'd be like, right, have I got the stock that I need? Have I managed my diary? And, whether it's three or 300, that's the same for me. So to just completely go, I'm taking this hat off and I'm not putting this back on again. And and now I wear, you know, full-time coach hat. And I completely agree. It it really expands, I guess, your capacity in that role and how you are processing things in your brain. Like everything goes through this lens of how can I now use this to help my people, like my community. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 really pleased that you've had that um that experience and that realization because, and I, I just think you want to focus on something. I don't want to half ask two things. I want to 
full ass one thing. <laughs> Try and do this really well. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> I'm going to turn that into a hashtag. Hashtag full yeah, ass. That's like a, yeah, like get that on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. yeah okay so um maddie will you tell me about your business and what Mm -hmm. that looks like for you these days as a coach yeah sure so um when i started boss your salon which is february 2018 full disclosure it was always a side hustle i just never in a million years even comprehended that this could be like what i do full time um the first thing that I ever made was like well I did I've had free groups and I still do but the first paid thing I had was a three pound fifty ebook and I literally remember the name of the first person who bought that and I was like oh my god I've just made 350 and I wasn't three pounds fifty not 350 <laughs> and I wasn't behind <laughs> I wasn't behind the chair and I didn't have to pick anything up and you know I was just sat watching tv and and I mean that just I will never forget that that, that feeling and that was incredible and um now my, my suite of office is slightly changed from from that although I do do a lot of like free bits and bobs um and I kind of like tried on different things I was very much like well I know about sales and marketing and you know online stuff and automations and numbers and whatever but it wasn't really until I completely focused on pricing that everything just changed and it felt like it was overnight and there were people who were like you've come out of nowhere and I was like I've been here for like two years uh-huh. <laughs> just <laughs> beavering away but but I get it it just it just looked like from an outside <laughs> perspective to be absolutely crazy and it was at the beginning of the pandemic and after I had my identity crisis about the salon closing and a kind of little breakdown as we all did that was a hard time I just kind of thought this goes one way or another like this goes horribly or I can really distract myself it's probably from a bit of a selfish place like I can distract myself and completely throw myself into service of other people helping people in my group and I found that it was such a really bad time for misinformation people were getting their information from Sharon on Facebook you know not the government or wherever we might have yeah. try to get information from yeah oh and like we you know in, in this country the, the prime minister was doing a briefing every day i did a briefing every day so when he finished i would do like a no nonsense okay for us this is what this means and this is how we interpret this and to the point where people's people's husbands were saying just wait till maddie does hers like she, <laughs> she'll tell you it became like this whole thing and my group just grew really big and um and yeah and i just asked one question in my facebook group which was if I put something together about pricing, would you be interested? And that like, that one post literally changed my life. It changed many thousands of people's lives. And I'm very pleased that I asked it. And yeah, that led me to create the my calculator, which was a spreadsheet, is now an app. I then did a, did a free masterclass, which I still run now. And then, you know, things went on from there. And just to give you a perspective of time scales, that was April 2020. By August, I begged my husband to leave his job, but he worked in for 10 years. The, he was very good at, was high up, uh, made good money. And I was like, I cannot go back to the salon. I can't run this and, you know, do my hair clients. They're all expecting me to come back. Um, 
yeah so I was I basically like begged him to leave his job I was like please I'll pay you <laughs> um which he did and he's worked with me ever since he is the opposite of me very introverted you'll very rarely see him <laughs> uh-huh. he is very much like he's like don't put me on camera like I'm just behind the scenes all of that uh-huh. and um yeah so he helps me out with like all the admin and, and that sort of thing and yeah now because this is completely online I, I, I do like some face-to-face like talks and panels and stuff but like 99% of it's online because a massive value for me is is freedom flexibility travel that's what I love um yeah. didn't get to do a lot of it when I was younger we just didn't have the um the, the money or the time to do it and we don't have kids we don't want kids and I'm like the great thing about not having kids you can just do whatever you want and you can travel everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you probably could with kids, might be it might be a little bit harder. But um yeah, like we my friend jokes that like I'm gonna lose my tax residency because I'm just never in the UK anymore. <laughs> um <laughs> like he thinks that I'm doing something like highly illegal, but um yeah, we we were like in LA for we did four weeks in February, we're back for five weeks over the summer, we're in Portugal now. I'll be in Paris between times. Last year we did one trip, Vegas, Chicago, New York. I think I think I flew like thirty times last year. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, so it, it's just even now this has been our reality for like the best part of a couple of years. It every day I just lose my shit about how this is even a a thing, but because I live this it's made me so much more adamant that this is available to everyone, like to, to other people, because on paper, again, full disclosure, like I am the least qualified person to be doing what I do. Like if I'd have like, and I'm really honest about that. Like I don't have a degree. I left school at 16. Like I don't have a business qualification. Like I don't have an MBA. Um, But I do have results, like massive results for first for me and then for all these other people um and going back to your point before like I have confidence and I I feel okay fucking stuff up every now and again and I feel like they're a really magical combo like I have no fear of visibility I think that holds people back massively yes which is so sad because I've worked with brilliant people who I know would be like phenomenal educators and coaches they have such a gift and so much knowledge to share but they're like, no, I couldn't, I couldn't be on camera or I couldn't hear my voice or. I know. So I feel like that's my next task is to kind of go, you listen to me about pricing. Let's listen to me now about, you know, being visible and sharing your expertise. And what, what I find kind of crazy is these people who believe that love following me. They love hearing my perspective. They love that. I'll just randomly go live. And I'm like, so you see the benefit when, I do it and that's why you chose to follow me because I share my perspective and my beliefs and I, you know, pick my side and I talk about that. Yet they're not prepared to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's a tricky one. But yeah, this is this is our like full time thing. And the, the what I find funny because it's what I would call like a modern job, half of our family like have no idea what we do. Like try and <laughs> I found it really funny like I got I got detained um flying into the states because we were like on business for a little bit and I tried to describe after an 11 hour flight in my accent what I do for a living and the guy at uh at border 
in, in the in the US was like, what? <laughs> like he just had no idea. Um, our families are like, have you done any classes today? They just kind of know that we do something with laptops and yeah, you know, seem seem to go on holiday quite a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think I think it's it's incredible, and and I think if this is my if this is our life, when it kind of shouldn't be. I don't I don't want to say it like that, but it doesn't make sense in a way. Then I just think, Jesus, this is available to so many people, and and I'm loving seeing this real shift in wealth in money. Like it is complete. There are like kids making millions on TikTok and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Came, you know, came from from poverty, and and I love that the internet and the digital world has given people a way to expand their income in you know heaps and heaps of different ways. And hairdressers can do that. You know, even if you don't want to be a coach or educator, there are a lot of ways that we can be maximizing um, revenue and income and profits and stuff like that. But oh, we've absolutely. just got to kind of get okay with using it. We, I find again, the industry is a bit resistant to tech. Yes. They're like, I'm not techie. I'm like, you are techie, but yeah. 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 Being open to that is, will make you money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to circle back and ask you about your app. Um, yeah, so yeah. for one, like, tell me how creating an app was for you. And mm-hmm. then two, um, what exactly does the app entail? Yeah, so the app in its very first iteration was, well, in its first iteration, it was just maths in my head that I'd used. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah, this is the thing. Like I could, you know, mine would be on a bits of paper. And then I wrote it out into a spreadsheet and we, we sold the spreadsheet. Like that was the first thing that people bought, like the calculator that was in 2020. And um, And yeah, then I just thought, spreadsheets are pretty high not high risk but they're very easy to break people don't really like the look of them because they feel like they're complicated people were accidentally deleting formula yes it was just getting fucked up all the time and then they'd like they'd wipe their computer or they wanted to go on on their phone then it had disappeared so i was like right let's just there needs to be an easier way so um i reached out to someone i know who's a, a developer interestingly it was the first thing he ever made out of school which is just insane um out of a course that he did and i was like oh do you think you know if i send you the spreadsheet if i you know walk you through it could you put this together so i didn't like code it i'm not a coder yeah my theory is always pay people who are better than you to do stuff that you can't do or don't want to do oh yeah (laughs) um yeah i probably would have tried to learn once upon a time but i was like no you can do it and yeah, that it, I'm very big on like um, feedback from your community. So constantly, you know, we did like a first version, second version, like if people were mistaken something or something didn't make sense to them, I was like, right, we need to learn from this. We need to change this and implement this straight away. Um, and we just kind of constantly updated it and reiterated it. It's, it's technically a web app, so it's not like on the app store because we wanted it to be on any device. So, for example, if I logged in now on my phone, everything would be how I left it when I last logged in on my laptop. If mm-hmm. both of those things broke and I logged in on someone else's device, everything's still there. We had it. We had someone try and ethically hack it. So I hired an ethical hacker. She couldn't get in. That was cool. Nice. Because it's like got people's um, obviously finances and stuff like that in there. Um, 
yeah so we so the, the calculator is made up of that and it's super easy to use like everything's like in my brand and it's like pink and yellow and, and cute mm-hmm. and then there's um we have like associated modules to, to just talk people through every step so it gets to literally like module six and it's like open the calculator this is the first screen this is how you need to think about this because i wanted to make it like super straightforward for people to use especially people who self-identified as I'm not good at numbers. I'm not good at tech. Yes. All of that stuff. And yeah, so we so we built it like that. We have a Facebook group, which has been around since 2020. So when I say I've been asked every question on pricing, I challenge you. Like someone needs to write to me and ask something that I've not heard, like a really <laughs> obscure, <laughs> weird question. Um, but that all exists in in the group. We're currently building out like a like a knowledge-based FAQ. So like any question ever is going to be like searchable so we can make it a bit easier. Um, but yeah, it's, it's we, we try to quantify the impact that it's had, which is hard because obviously people buy it at different periods. Some people implement it, some people don't. Some people take a little while longer. But we did some maths and we really like underestimated everything. We went really kind of worst case scenario. We were like, let's just assume only 50% of people have even used it. The rest haven't even opened it. And we worked out that it's increased the profits of the industry by 33 million pounds. Wow. Which is like maybe, I don't know, 40, $45 million, something like that in profit. Um, which sounds crazy. There have been a couple of people, a couple of men, let's be honest, Crystal, have, have <laughs> challenged me on that and said, I don't believe it. And I'm like, actually, that's not even a high amount. When you know how many people have used it, it's it's not a remarkable amount. And like, I get DMs where people have said, I've just done my taxes and I've made 33,000 profit more than what I made last time. So yeah, it it works, but it only works if you do it. Yeah. Sadly, it's not magic. You don't just buy it and then your life changes overnight and you don't have to do anything. Right. I haven't invented that yet. Um, <laughs> and this is why I, I always call in people who are prepared to do the work, who are prepared to take responsibility and actually just put in like a couple of hours to to change everything. I, I, I'm not a, you know, if people come to me and say, can you do it for me? No. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, like they have to. And I had this decision right at the beginning where, I remember chatting to Aiden and I was like, maybe I should just make it so that I do it. Like I'll do the calculations and then I'll just tell you what your prices need to be. Obviously I need to charge more for for my time for that. But I thought, God, that's really disempowering because if I came to you, especially if I've just charged you like, I don't know, 500 bucks and was like, okay, here's your price list. If you looked at those prices and they were maybe a little bit higher than, than what you anticipated, you're not going to charge them. You're going to have no confidence to charge them. You're not going to yes. understand them. You're going to hate me. And you're going to think that I've just ripped you off. Right. And then nothing would change. And you'd just be really angry. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't believe in teaching people like that. It's not, I'm not like this guru who has all the answers and the magic wand. But I am good at teaching people like how to think in a way that will be really helpful or giving them the tools that will really help them that they then you know, go in, use. And, and yeah, there's people get obsessed with the calculator. Like every week they'll, they'll be like, if I bought this, if I want this bag, how much do my prices need to be? Or 
you know, if I want to drop a day or hire an assistant or get a second location. And it becomes a bit addictive because you can you can really plan out all these different, you know, scenarios and eventualities. So mm-hmm. I just wanted people to feel okay seeing numbers and and getting them to make the link in the head between if I want these things as an output, this is what has to be charged. That's yeah. the magic in it, I think. Well, and it gives someone something tangible to feel like mm-hmm. I I bought something, right? Mm-hmm. So this is my tool. This is the thing I have. But really what they're yeah. getting and they don't realize they're getting is like the mindset, right? Absolutely. It's a shift it. in the confidence. Yeah. yeah. And people kept saying at the beginning, they were like, it's really eye opening. I, I got that like every single day. And I was like, I didn't understand that because I thought, well, it's just numbers. It's not that eye opening. But when I dug deeper, people said like, once I saw the number at the end, so it'll basically give you your entire price menu, every single price for every single service, every variation. It's it's not like this is your hourly rate. It's like, this is what you need to charge for a full head of foils and a money piece, like super specific. And when people said it's eye opening, it was because they knew if I don't charge this, because I put all of the inputs in myself, I have to make a sacrifice somewhere. So yes, it might feel uncomfortable because it's maybe a bit of a jump, but if I don't, they could really quickly calculate, like, I don't get that many weeks off. I will have to work an extra hour every day. I'll not be able to put money away for that retreat that I really want to go on. So getting them to see how that worked and also you know we're all quite bad at giving little freebies where we're like well i'll not charge that it's only two dollars or five dollars it's it made them really conscious that like yes that feels tiny when it's one every day or you know twice a day but they could really see how that added up on the back end and they saw that that turned into like a thousand or two thousand you know every year or two weeks of work or whatever that was for them and this is just why i love the number side of it because you just you just can't argue. You can be pissed at it, but mm-hmm. it's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, with your education, do you have a specific like um, ideal client in mind? Like where are they in their career exactly? Or is it kind of like yeah. everyone? So for me, it's less about where they are in the career and it's more about their, their attitude. <laughs> this is what I've learned. Um. And we ha- we actually now have this really nice kind of pathway for people. So we we've just I've decommissioned a couple of things. There's something that I'm working on at the moment, which I can probably tell you about because like whatever, I'll give you like an <laughs> exclusive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this isn't like public knowledge. Really. So the way that it, the way that it'll look in the next couple of months is that I have a free masterclass which is about price and money mindset. That will always be free. I will probably run that until the day I die. And that is where everyone should start. But it's totally suitable whether you're in school, whether you've been in the industry for 50 years, because that is about changing your mind as it relates to, you know, worth and value and pricing and money mindset and all of this stuff. That I think is crucial for anyone. And the more I do this, the more that I won't work with people at higher levels until they've done this. The next stage is the price and calculator. So that's paid again that's a non-negotiable. Like you will not get into my group programs. I will not work with you one-to-one unless you've done that because I cannot, we cannot out-strategy bad prices. Right. It will just be so hard. 
<laughs> so so hard um it would be like spending a million pounds renovating a house where the foundations are in quicksand yeah just not a good idea yeah <laughs> it's a good <laughs> analogy <laughs> yeah so i just thought that one so kind of everyone comes to me through that and then i have the thing that i'm working on at the moment is to help people to become fully booked and it's going to be for people again possibly different business stages it might be because you're starting out or it might be because going back to our previous conversation of you're attracting clients who are not a good fit there's like a disparity between the messaging and the price and the client and the work that you want to do or you're doing a bunch of work that you don't really enjoy it's going to be for people who want to attract clients who are a great fit um and i don't want to call it a marketing course because i actually don't think it is and it's not a social media course it's actually more rooted in sales psychology which is something i've learned loads about more recently um really understanding where your client is at psychologically and exactly what they need to know and believe and think at every every stage a lot of people claim that i'm psychic because i'm not because <laughs> everyone always says I, I saw exactly what i just needed to hear that today if you look in not nearly every comment of every post Maddie, I needed to hear that today. I know. I know that you did because, <laughs> like, that's how I, like, I, I know that because I knew that the post I posted yesterday would lead you to this and this is what you needed to hear today. And, like, that's not something that I would hide. Like, that's literally what, yeah. you know, what good business is. So I want to teach people to do that. But as it relates to their clients, you know, behind the chair, and um, that's going to be coming out in the next, we're going to be launching that next couple of months. And then I have a program called Breakthrough, which is, the only place where I do one-to-ones where I work with very small groups at the minute, it's eight people. And that is actually for people who are fully booked or beyond fully booked, who want to drop a day per week without sacrificing profits. So the new thing is like going to bridge that gap between your prices are right. And you're not quite at this stage where you're full and you want to start reducing. Um, Because I see there's, there's some brilliant marketing courses, brilliant social media courses. I'm very much a fan of like, do the least amount of work that you need to do to get the biggest impact. Yes. Like, I don't want to be on TikTok. I can't be bothered to be on TikTok. And I don't have to because I know how to be very good on Instagram. Right. And I can, like, drop off Instagram for two weeks and come back and have, like, a post go viral because I'm, like, super intentional and strategic about how I post. So everyone's really busy. I don't want to teach you how to be on 15 platforms and all of this stuff. I just want to teach you to know exactly what your person needs to hear. So that's what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Breakthrough, breakthrough I've, I've loved. That's only been around since last year. And what I found is that's really naturally attracted probably who you were about a year ago, two years ago, where it's this person who has aspirations to be a coach or an educator, but they are just so busy behind the chair. And yes. Again, I saw other courses that were like, I'll teach you the tech setup. I'll teach you this. I'm like, no, no, you need time. (laughs) Like you don't, you like, until you have time, you cannot do, I mean, you'll know this Crystal, like how much goes into the background of people just see you on Instagram doing lives. Yeah. More than I ever imagined. (laughs) It's like a new level of hell. You're right. Learning how to do. Yeah. I'm like, when did I learn how to right automations and yeah all of this crazy stuff that we find ourselves doing um so yeah but again it's like 
this is how I think is like what does a person need like I always kind of understand or ask people or learn about when they get here what's the next thing that they need okay what's the next thing what's the next thing and I think we can do exactly the same for our for clients behind the chair as well and that's what I want to teach people to do so in a very long way to answer your question kind of most people at most stages will find what they're looking for but there's a very clear progression of this is where you start and and then they can kind of take it up to you know wherever they feel they want to stop or you know and and it might get to a point where they go I've learned everything with you I want to go and learn from someone else and I'm also a big believer in don't just have one coach don't just have one educator like yeah you know work with whoever is the best fit at that period in time and you know yes we don't own anyone yes exactly (laughs) yeah I'm always just so happy to have have, have had people ask to work with me so Mm -hmm. um and it's nice to like release people like the people who are leaving breakthrough this this month I'm just like immensely proud like out of eight of them four of them have launched their education like two into colleges um and I feel like they're going to change the world in their own ways as well so it's just been I'm just super proud of them and and I've I've loved working with people at that level like working with them really closely Mm -hmm. um but I also because I've been asked twice today to do one-to-ones and I'm just like I just don't do them like outside of breakthrough because again it's like my values of freedom and travel so it just doesn't fit in in the same way that I say no to a lot of opportunities in person because it just doesn't fit in it doesn't leverage your time the same way that you can with your other no. business too right yeah and and it's just think it's again the lesson maybe for people is to really think about like what you want to get out of your business and what's really important to you because just because it's an opportunity mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's the right one and sometimes people think you're crazy for for passing something up but it's like beyond ego beyond feeling cool that I got asked to do this thing it it's a ball ache or like it just doesn't fit into my sort of plan so my new way of thinking is if I can do it from another country if I can do it from a laptop I mean really if someone wants to like hire me to speak in a really sunny place I'm very open to that <laughs> invitation if anyone listening has that, uh, uh-huh. has that I'm always very cheeky I'll ask but um yeah like <laughs> for me in person stuff just doesn't work like it mm-hmm. just it just isn't isn't my cup of tea and learning to discern between when it's the ego that wants something mm-hmm. I'm having this at the moment with award ceremonies like the ego runs rampant for me because I'm like I want to win awards but then entering them go into them is very stressful so yes very time these psychological lessons yeah. yeah and then it's like on the day everyone's so stressed and if you don't win it's like feels really hard and yeah that's that's my next mental challenge is to yeah. try and decipher that and whether it's worthwhile or not so yeah if I if I win some this year I'll be happy and I'll come back if I don't win any I'm gonna spit my dummy and never enter anymore <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's so <laughs> Maddie, I'm curious, are you part of any mastermind groups yourself or do you belong to any like coaching groups? So I have been in a coaching group with um, a coach called Jerisha Hawke, who is insanely talented and I absolutely love her. Um, and she coached me through setting up Breakthrough. So that's a group, co- it's a bit meta, it's a group coaching program about how to set up group coaching program yeah, as yeah. is the case in the right. coaching world yes um and I, i've been in that for 
for about 10 months so it's a year-long program so that's going to end in over the summer and I have just started very very early doors just started working with a consultant who is not in the industry I really like working with people not in the industry for like as we said before getting those kind of ideas that external perspective so we're going to be working with him and he's actually local to me so I'm going to be when I'm in the country seeing him in in person because again just sometimes just season shifts like I think you know you just get what you need from a particular container and then you know it's, it's time to kind of change things up a little bit I've always had coaches though in genuinely like don't try and do it all yourself it is so hard and it is so time consuming and there are so many mistakes to be made and it's overwhelming you know if you open a you open google and type in how to do an online course you will get millions of conflicting information to say do it this way no do it this way try this try this try this i have always always made my money back on coaching mm-hmm. often very quick like very quickly um I, but I'm, I'm, I'm very attracted to coaches who give very good results um yeah. not like the airy fairy level up i don't want to do that yeah, i want to yeah. get an roi i want to know what i'm going to do everything yeah um which is just my cup of tea um and that's how i like to coach as well and i've got a wonderful coach called carrie who helps me with a lot of like kind of mindset stuff um she's in the industry so she's like understands brands and things like that so I like to have a kind of behind the scenes I guess it's like the council of Bossy Salon like wise council so I'll I'll kind of run things past different people and get their opinions um I have a therapist who gets to hear everything as well because I just think we just can't do it by ourselves I also have a um kind of a mastermind very unofficial but I've got a group of other coaches from the UK so Hayley, Viv and Emma and we chat every single day so they do what I do but in kind of different niches of the industry yeah because it would be so isolating I would really really struggle to to do this by myself and um especially when you've never done it before no one in your family's ever done it before maybe no one in your friendship group's done it before I think it's really important to have people to lean on and you know if if times are hard if times are really good if you're celebrating if you just want to run things past people I think business becomes much easier and we can be more successful when we lean on other people whether that is informal or formal or paid or whatever yeah I think that's so important I I I would never ever be bad and have done that yeah it's very validating I've invested in yeah Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and and I think it's validating as a coach as well to remember that how we feel when we invest in coaching. Yes. Because in theory, it's the same when people invest in us as well. And and also I love, I love being coach. I love going through programs because you'd not only learn the thing that you're there to learn, but you learn about what feels good as a student, what doesn't feel good as a student. Like, so there's, there's so much chance to learn about yourself and about the industry in in various different ways mm-hmm. which you just you just wouldn't do if you were just reading blogs or on youtube or podcasts like they'll get you to a point but right they wouldn't get you that far i don't think yeah have you gone to any um either industry specific or maybe coach specific like retreats that you've liked or have you ever done any of those no but i would love to i yeah. mean that 
it's like ideal for me because it's travel it's i i'm in this really weird position where my best friends so like for my four best friends all have businesses and it's like crazy unlikely and i'm i know i'm so lucky to have this two of them i've known since i was like 15 16 17 um and we kind of do retreats so we'll hire like a nice airbnb and we'll go and do you know bits and bobs of business and i love that and i'd love to do that more but i've never been on a quote-unquote official one yeah and i think that you guys do this very well i feel like a lot of coaches in the states yes they're big into this it's not that much of a thing back home um Mm. i would also love to host them this would be a really fun thing i think to do I could see you hosting one, which is why I brought it up. I'm like, I feel like you yeah. have that kind of spirit and energy to make something like that come into fruition. Yeah, I would love, I mean, it's my favorite things. I could sit all day on Airbnb looking at nice big villas and houses. It's like yeah. that's my dream. Um, yeah, I already kind of have an idea of who I'd pull together and who would deliver, you know, different bits. Like I kind of, I know that. And that's, I think another another kind of tip back to what you said about you know your community and stuff like that is people band out this whole like community over competition but I, I so firmly believe it like if if I was really insular and I was like I can't talk to anyone you know I, I wouldn't do this podcast because what if I said something and Crystal copied up do you know what I mean like right, or right. I'm gonna I'm gonna block I'm gonna block everyone on Instagram so they can't see what I'm doing like yeah how mis how miserable that would be awful and the more that I reach out to other people and they reach out to me and you know when I was in LA I got to meet a couple of people that I'd worked with digitally and I've, I've been able to do that a bunch of times and I just love that I just think we're so much stronger like together and we can connect each other sometimes if something's like not a good fit for me I'm like okay I know a person who could do this and they do the same back and yeah it's like when on an island we just can't work like that but it's right. hard when you being behind the chair where it is really isolating or it is it feels really competitive or really fierce but I think in the coaching world you just can't be like that at all it just wouldn't work well I feel like the same can be said about the hair world just as hairstylists yeah Yeah, you can work by yourself and be a solo person but it's lonely or you can recognize that there's enough clients for everybody and you can also support each other and then it turns into this like beautiful working relationship you have with other hairstylists and you all help each other and you grow together uh, I think it's been interesting for me to recognize that in the coaching mm-hmm. world too. And like, as yeah. I step out of the role sometimes of hairstylist Crystal, mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, I'm coach Crystal. And so now I have mm-hmm. to find my people in the coaching mm-hmm. world, just like I found my people in the hair world, you know? Yeah. It's like starting a new school and yeah. going, can, we be, can we be friends? Um, yes. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but like, again, much to my husband's dismay, you can just put me in a room and I'll be like, Oh, you? what's your name yeah I think yes. it's the hairdresser thing isn't it yes. like the, the great thing about being a hairdresser is that we're very good at making friends and building communities um but I do I think that's integral like like I say not just for when times are bad but when times are really good like it's so hard when you don't have anyone in your life who kind of gets it or they're trying to give you advice often well-intended but very misplaced <laughs> advice on what to do um it's so important to have that sort of community aspect and and but be mindful of it you know there are I'm being biased because I I love my group but there are some groups I'm in that it's it's like cutthroat catty like so scarce so negative yeah 
Not here Hopefully for that. It's not my cup of tea. No. no. I just want like the high vibe community support. You know, yes. everyone's helping each other out. Yeah, that's that's the way to go. But yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm so I'm not doing like properly know yet. I feel very proud of you that you've Aww. stepped into Coach Crystal and <laughs> Thank you. I'm just so excited for you because I just I know what's like ahead and around the corner and it's magic and that and, and you can help so many people, you know, you can you can impact so many people. Like when I stopped doing hair, I was like, I could do added extensions mainly. So I was like, I can do three people's hair a day mm-hmm. on a good day and impact three people, or I can impact 300 people to impact a hundred people each. Ooh, that just gives me goosebumps. Yeah. It's like, it's a no brainer, isn't it? And it's, yeah. and it's about knowing that, yes, I've got a gift for hair, but my gift for coaching and educating can help just so many more people in so many ways. And I couldn't even comprehend how amazing that would feel. Like I've been stopped. I got stopped at Glastonbury Festival. I mean, this girl was like hammered. It was really cute. And she was like, I've used your calculator. She was a, she was a dog roomer. Oh my God. She stopped me. Yeah. I get stopped. Like it's so, so weird. I've had, I, I saw you I mention think... the dog groomer on your social media. And I yeah. was like, that's so funny. The dog groomers. Yeah, I got one, a, a girl called Daisy just came on my class. She was like, oh, I think this might work for us. And then I got, she was so nice and recommended me and I guess other groups. And one day we got like 20 dog groomers into the group. So it can't, it, yeah, it works. It's, it's, it's the yeah. same strategy. But yeah. yeah, I've had like, I had someone at a wedding before was like, I've used your calculator to change my life. I mean, hair events are crazy. Yeah. Like my my husband's like you're like this like micro celebrity in the hair world. It's uh-huh. like so so weird. Especially because the business grew over lockdown where everything was on the internet. Everything I just existed in a little box. Yeah. And then to to have like flesh and blood people stop me in the in the ladies' room and be like, I can pick my kid up from school because of you. I'm like, this is Oh, like, I feel like that would make me just instantly cry and hug them at the same oh. time. Like, oh. yeah, it, it's, I'm like, I'm awkward. I'm cringe. I'm, I'm happy, but I'm yeah. also like, oh, this, I feel really uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to be a bit more cool now. <laughs> Arguably not, but um, the first, the first few times, like, I think it was like a couple of award ceremonies, like after, after the lockdowns. And I, oh, I was just a mess. I was like, I don't know how to react to this. Like, I'm really pleased, but like, this is weird. Whereas now I'm like, um, I, I think I have to just accept it and, and you, you'll be the same, you know. Yeah. You just have to accept that you can help people and yeah. that they're really amped up about it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just brilliant. Like, I, I would not, I can't imagine doing anything that isn't this. Yeah. Unless it's to help people in some other way that can, you know, help more people, but. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's such That's a great, amazing, um, like gift to share with people. Uh huh. Oh, Maddie, this has been so great. Um, <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate all thank this. You. Thank um, you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I just glanced at the time here, and I'm like, oh, we went over our hour time, and so every time eff- effortlessly. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. As hairdressers, yeah. we tend to do that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. Well, I guess I just I kind of want to wrap up our our conversation by uh, having you tell my listeners where they can find your information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll have to say this in American because it turns out <laughs> it doesn't translate. So when I say "boss your salon," they're like, "What?" And I'll go, 
Boss your salon. And I'm like, oh, okay. So there you go. <laughs> it's boss your salon. Um, and that's me everywhere. That's me on Instagram. On uh, where am I? I am on TikTok, but I mainly just watch Pedro Pascal videos. I don't read really anything. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, my website, and everything's where you expect it to be. It's in my bio links and, and stuff like that. But yeah, like I'm very open. You know, DM me. Just know, like. I'm a person. I love to chat with people. You know, mm-hmm. if, if there's anything that you want to ask or that you found helpful, you know, just shoot me a message or an email and I'll, I'll have a chat. Wonderful. And then you recommend everyone starting with the, um, what was do the, the masterclass? Class. The masterclass. Yeah. So do the free masterclass. Yeah. It's called how to overcome the five most common price of mistakes. Um, consider it free. I feel like it's my masterpiece to the world. If I can blow my own trumpet briefly. Um, yeah. literally do it 10 times like sometimes you have to watch it 10 times and then you go ah okay this makes sense so just Mm -hmm. literally every time you have a wobble just re-register show up to a session until the penny drops and you realize that you you deserve it and that the world won't end if you charge properly oh i love that Love it. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you so much. This is truly a pleasure. pleasure. I appreciate you taking time out of your um, sunshine and relaxation (laughs) to chat with me. (laughs) No, thank you so much for asking me. It's really kind of you. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see with your new projects how that unfolds for you. And I wish you the best with everything. It sounds like you're really doing a, a wonderful thing for everyone in the industry. So thank you. And if I'm in Reno, if I'll you're ever you. in Reno, please. <laughs> yes. And even if you're yeah, in Vegas, let me know. Cause sometimes I travel yeah. down there for stuff too. So Amazing. Um, I'm okay. sure our like, paths will cross sometime in real life. Yeah, I love that. I hope so. Maybe at a retreat. If yes, lucky. watch this space. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe sure you'll be hosting. Maybe you'll be hosting a retreat that I'll come to. We'll work out the details. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Thank Maddie. Thank you so much, Crystal. Thank All you. Right, I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. I mean, tell me you're a badass without telling me you're a badass, right? Maddie's awesome. I enjoyed that conversation with her so much. I hope it brought you some level of joy and help and understanding when it comes to the ins and outs of the hair world. And if any of you have questions on how to price yourself, I'm pretty sure Maddie is your go-to. And if you enjoyed this episode, I want to hear about it, friend. So go ahead and drop me a comment in the review section of this episode. Give me a like, give me a follow, subscribe, tell your neighbors, tell your friends. It does make a difference and I truly appreciate it. So once again, thank you so much for listening to the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I'm your host and hopefully your hair mentor, Crystal Green. I'll see you next time, my friend. And until then, have a great hair day. Okay, bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? 
because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.